When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you. It is Thursday morning and it is the midway point of December. I mean, my goodness, this season has flown by. We only have four more Pittsburgh Steelers games left in the season. Now, I know some of you might be holding out hope for more. We'll talk about that a little bit, but. Four more games, four more games, and one of them is going to be for some people. Not everyone's in the same place in life, but for some people, one of those games is going to be a difficult one to catch, that uh, that one on Christmas Eve. I'll, I'll obviously be catching it. It's an inconvenience um, of having to cover things, but it's it. You know, it comes with the job. But, uh, yeah, only four more games for the Steelers. Two at home, two on the road. You've got... Two division games, a, co- a conference game, and an out-of-conference game. That's just, you know, that's kind of how you want to see it all divided up there at the end. The Steelers are, you know, they only play one more team that has a winning record. Um, but unfortunately, that team that has the winning record is a team that they just lost to. So before we dive into a little bit from this past week's game, let's go ahead and well, I guess we'll start off by diving into a little bit from last week's game. Actually, because it's the Zebra Technology Stat of the Week. Um, thank you once again, Zebra Technologies. It's oh, sorry, Zebra Technologies Next Gen Stat of the Week, because this is where you get, you know, they get the next gen stats from the NFL from from the 
the um the oh, what's the word I'm looking for from the technology um from the devices uh designed by zebra technologies I, I did a, a great podcast this summer where I had a guest from zebra technologies talked all about it lots of fun um you know might even get to talk to them about how things are being updated this off season but uh, right now there's still football to be played so let's let's roll on to this got a couple from this game when they're wins, they're good things. When they're losses, they're not always good things. But uh, let's see how, how they played out. And, well, they weren't that bad because, to me, if there was one position group out of everything on the Steelers team for this week, uh, well, I mean, you can even expand it from even just the position group. But at the one aspect of the game, it would be those that receive the football, those that catch the ball. Uh, I, I thought that the receivers and tight ends did a nice job in this game, nothing really to complain about with them. And that's where we're getting some of our stats. So here, here's the first one. Deontay Johnson's 37-yard fourth-quarter grab was the most improbable catch by a wide receiver in Week 14, as Johnson had just a 21.7% chance of hauling in the pass for Mitch Trubisky. Johnson faced tight tight coverage at the line of scrimmage, an average of 3.2 yards, which was tied for the least this week. He still managed to be productive, as he caught six of eight targets for 82 yards. So that's um, some information there with Deontay Johnson. Then the other one comes at the tight end position. One Pat Frermuth. It says the Ravens respected Pat Frermuth's role in Pittsburgh's passing game as the tight end had an average of just 1.5 yards of separation on his six targets, which is the second least among all receivers and the least among tight ends. So those are the numbers from, from uh, Zebra Technologies with the Steelers uh, week. I'm, I keep wanting to say 15, but it's still 14. I've got to type in these numbers for all these different articles, and sometimes I get confused which one it is. But uh, yeah, the Steelers, they lost. They lost at home. When you play a team twice at the end of the season, twice in the final five games, you've got one at home, one away. I always like to have the first one be on the road. That's me because if you manage to win that one, then you're just that much better off, you know, in my opinion, because it's harder. It should be harder to win on the road than it is at home. Now, the Steelers, they had the team, they had the Ravens at home. They had the Ravens without Lamar Jackson. They even had Tyler Huntley not finish the game. And the Steelers couldn't find a way to win. That's what's so disappointing because you're like, man, oh, man, this team – you know, could, can they go to Baltimore and win? Well, they couldn't win against Baltimore in Pittsburgh with with a different quarterback. So you don't have a lot of confidence going forward. But you also got to remember the Steelers had a different quarterback. There is real. There is no measurable way. It is all opinion. It is all speculation. Everyone wants to talk about, oh, if Kenny Pickett wouldn't have been hurt. If Kenny Pickett wouldn't have got hurt. You, you, you can drive yourself insane doing that. You might believe that Kenny Pickett is, is the real deal, and therefore you think the Steelers win the game if he doesn't get hurt. You could be one of those Steelers fans and think Kenny Pickett is not the answer, and the Steelers should be looking quarterback in the first round in this draft, which, in my opinion, that's kind of crazy. There, there's no way they're giving up on a first-round draft pick after one season. It's just not going to happen. But uh, but if you're one of those people that think that, then you were probably convinced that the Steelers weren't going to win that game anyway, and they probably had a better shot of winning because Pickett went out. That's just that everyone's going to have that opinion regardless of how that game played out. I will tell you this. The interceptions were 
killers. They really were. They were literally drive killers. Every interception that happened in the game, three of them, because the Steelers finished minus three um, in, in the turnover margin, that every interception that was caught was in the was caught at a location in the red zone. That's where the where the ball was caught. Now only one of those were was snapped from the red zone. And that was the first one. The next one was just outside of the red zone. It was inside the 25-yard line. But I, I went over some of these numbers and talking with my brother on Scobro because that if you don't watch that show, I, I understand or listen to that show, that show was basically two brothers talking about the game that didn't ha- that haven't talked about it yet. My brother and I do all that we can to not talk about the game. We, we generally don't speak to each other until the show, from game to show. Um, now, obviously, when we went to the game together, we, we rode home together. So sometimes that doesn't happen. But, uh, but that, that's what we do. We save our post-game conversation for the show. And that's, that's the whole point of the Scobro show is that it's just what would it be like if you and your family member were sitting around talking Steelers? Um, well, then we, ha- we have a great live chat during that show as well. So, but so I mentioned some of these things, but the the minus three for the turnovers, and and what's insane is that if the Steelers were minus two, they probably win that game. The Steelers could have been minus two, and still could have won that game. You take away one interception, or you add on one takeaway, is specifically if something the way it played out. If that if that fumble wouldn't have been deemed dual possession, that it would have been the Steelers. I mean, there was nothing about what I saw that would make me think the Steelers really had it or, or anything like that. I still, I will stand by this wholeheartedly. I do think the NFL is making a huge mistake by not cutting out certain officials from officiating certain teams. Now, some people are like, well, if an official throws a lot of penalties, a team could benefit from never having to have that official. That's true. You, that, that's true. But to me, a bigger factor is I, I know the head official from this game. I, not personally, but I, I, I know who he is because I know where he works. I know because he actually worked at the same company with my wife at the same location. So I know where he works and he works in the greater Baltimore area. And there are a ton of Ravens fans at his place of employment. And they all know he's an NFL official. That's really tough on a person when you have to go back to your regular job and, and you're, and you're dealing with a particular fan base, if nothing else. I mean, I, I, I still think that he, he was all right. But, I mean, I think there could have been some penalties that could have been called. I don't think there were – he's the one who threw the flag on Micah Fitzpatrick and the other officials talked him out of it. Um, but I, I just think that it's a mistake that they have officials that live in – they should base on where they live geographically and they should not – for. I mean, this could be for their own safety that they should not be officiating games of the closest team to them geographically if they fall within a certain area. I mean, if, oh my goodness, if, if you live in, the, in, in, in somewhere where you're not close to any team, that's a whole different story. But this is just me on my soapbox a little bit saying that, that, that I think that's a mistake that the NFL is making, and that's something that they should look into. I'm not saying anything overly egregious happened, but man, and any one play in that game, that could have changed. So if, let's say that, let's say T.J. Watt had more of that ball. And they just said, no, we're going to call it dual possession. That's a huge play in that game. But the, I, I didn't see anything to the contrary. 
Um, you know, maybe maybe they call a roughing the passer or a possible face mask. I ha- I still haven't seen the best angle to know definitively if it was a face mask. You can have your hand on the face mask. You just can't grab it and use it to to to, to gain an advantage. Um, and I haven't seen a great replay that showed me one way or the other with that one on the on the hip that Kenny Pickett took. So I'm uh, not. I mean, but one of those little really close things. I mean, if he if they'd have thrown a penalty on that play with Kenny Pickett, I don't think people would have argued. I don't think that it's oh that should have been a penalty right now. Um, but then you turn and look at a, a situation like what happened on Sunday night. It was Sunday night. I'm yeah, Sunday night then that was just a terrible call. If you're going to call something like that, then there were probably another 15 roughing the passer penalties in the NFL on Sunday that should have been called. Because if the other one is a standard that that's going to be what it is, then there's a lot of things that that's, that, that, that it should be. But now that I've, I've gone off on that a little bit, you take away, you know, one of the Steelers takeaways, you give them a, t- a takeaway, you know, want to take away one of the turnovers, give them a takeaway, one of those things, change that number by one, and the Steelers likely win. And believe it or not, they still could have won the game if it wasn't for a key special teams play. And I know you could talk about the 17-yard punt. Mike Tomlin said, you know, some people didn't like that. They said he dismissed it. No, he didn't dismiss it. He's saying that's so easy to criticize I don't even need to call it out. I'm going to call out the other things as well because that's the obvious one. But if, if there's no blocked field goal, that earned Calais Campbell, the, the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, by him blocking that field goal. That got him the Special Teams Player of the Week because that, that, that was a huge play in the game. So there were so many opportunities. Now, did the Steelers play well against the run? No, it was bad. It was not good. 215 yards that they surrendered. On what was it on 42 rushing attempts, 5.1 yards per carry. J.K. Dobbins came back in his first game back, 120 yards on 15 carries, eight yards per attempt. The biggest one, and this was a zebra technology stat. I would have read it if there wasn't any about the Steelers, but I didn't. It was too disheartening, so I didn't. It was basically his 44 yard run that changed everything with him. If it wasn't for that, it wasn't it wasn't nearly as crazy. But you you add that one run in there and it made it made it huge. But the Steelers couldn't stop the run. They struggled stopping it in the fourth quarter. Their defensive lineman that was doing the best against the run was Chris Wormley, and then he gets injured and now out for the season um, before the fourth quarter. So the person who was having the best game against the run goes out, and things just continue to go bad. Almost an eight-minute drive given up to give up a field goal for the other team to go up two scores. Just you know they're going to run it three straight downs, and you can't keep them from getting 10 yards. It was it was very difficult. That was one aspect of the game where the Ravens won and the Steelers lost. Almost, you know, and because of the the Ravens winning is what caused the Steelers to lose. Pretty much most other things wasn't about the Ravens doing anything great. It was about the Steelers not. It was more about the Steelers not coming through than it was the Ravens coming through. The only way the Ravens really imposed their will on the Steelers was running the football. And it's not even like the Steelers couldn't run the football. In the second half, they basically chose not to. And some people were like, well, why'd they give up run? I, I understand that was that was kind of disheartening a little bit. Six rushing attempts in the second half. But then again, yes, the Ravens have a good running defense. They don't have a very good pass defense. And the Steelers move the ball on them through the air. My goodness, Mitch Trubisky went 
a ton of passes in a row that never hit the ground. Granted, three of them were caught by the other team, but still, I mean, it was almost 20 passes in there after that first drop by Zach Tentry. So the Steelers said, well, maybe we'll exploit their weakness. And it worked until it worked until it didn't. It basically, they couldn't finish it out. The Ravens made the big play when given the opportunity and that was the difference in the game. My goodness. Um, so the only other number that I want to throw out there is that the Steelers uh, got a zero in the win column, which bottom line is with eight losses now, it's almost impossible to make the postseason. It's not impossible yet. Eight losses with four games remaining. Yeah, not only do the Steelers have to win every game, there has to be a bunch of other things that go their way. They, they're – a lot of teams that are on the cusp are are also ones that the Steelers don't have the tiebreakers against, teams like the Jets, teams like the Patriots. Uh, those teams, the Steelers don't have tiebreakers against them, so there would have to be some crazy, crazy stuff. They're not mathematically eliminated yet from playoff contention. They are mathematically eliminated from the AFC North. Four games left, and they're mathematically eliminated from the AFC North. So – that's that's one that's that's a you know kind of a tough pill to swallow. Not that not that I expect them to win the North, but with four games left, that they're out. That's that that one's tough because that's not a place where Steeler fans are used to uh, with this team. So so that's one thing. But for those of you, if you're if you're still holding out hope for the playoffs, that is fine. That is, I am all right with you being that way. To me, if the Steelers had an opportunity to win out and they controlled their own destiny. That I get it, but they don't. There's too many other things that have to happen. I think, as we talked about on the Skillbro show, the Steelers' focus right now should still be on winning, but there should also be evaluating things moving forward to be in the best spot for 2023. We're going to go ahead and take a break. Sometimes I run over in the first half. I haven't got to the topic yet, and the reason I haven't got to the topic yet is because our typical second half is because – um, is the lead into more things. And that is the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Carolina Panthers. These teams are actually really close with a few things. There's a lot of similarities between these two teams. And I'm going to look at some of these similarities and look at how they're different and see how that's going to impact the matchup coming up. So I'm going to, when we come back, I'm going to hit you with the typical stuff. Usually what we do to close out the show with the, with the, with the, with the matchups, with the, the rankings, but I'm doing them to set it up to then take them a little bit farther to see where are, where are the differences and similarities in these teams. So stick around. We'll be right back. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, thanks for hanging with me. Let's get to this. I've got so many numbers I've got to get going. I kind of got off on a little things about, you know, the officials and what they should do there and everything. It's moving forward. The, the Steelers can't go back and win that game against the Ravens. All they can do is try to win the next one against them, which will they'll be more up against the wall with that time. Well, I don't know. Things can change in three weeks. You just don't know. Ooh, let's look at these rankings comparing the Steelers to the Panthers, and this is the full season, and the reason you go with full season is it's ups and downs for both teams. These teams have had a lot of ups and downs. So here we go. Offensively, overall rank yardage, Panthers are ranked 30th, 294.2 yards per game. Steelers are ranked 26th, 317.3. So both of them in the bottom part of the league. Um, Carolina's more towards the bottom. Points. Here you go. This is different. Carolina. They score 20.0 a game. That's 24th. The Steelers score 17.5. That's 27th. So once again, they're not separated by much, three or four places, but advantage Carolina with that one. Rushing the football. This is the best rank on offense for both teams. Carolina, they uh, they average 124.9 yards. That's 13th in the NFL. The Steelers average 113 yards. That's 19th in the NFL. So they're both... You know, they're, the Panthers are just above the, the middle of the NFL. The Steelers are just below. Then when you talk about um, offense through the air, you've got Carolina, just like they're overall, they're 30th, 169.2 yards per game through the air. And you usually, and you say, oh, well, you know what? If you run the ball that well, you might not have to throw it that much. But you know what? Not when you're five and eight. Not when you're five and eight, because both of these teams are five and eight, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. The Steelers, they're a little bit better because they're they are 204.3 yards per game. That is 24th. So the way these break down are kind of interesting. And what I mean is that there you, you've got both of them are, are towards the bottom of the league in all their categories, except you know, rushing is the best. One team leads two categories, the other team leads the other two. All right. Sacks. Uh, the Panthers have given up 28 sacks. The Steelers have given up 34. The, the, the Panthers have turned the ball over 16 times. The Steelers 17 times. So they're, they're somewhat similar there. You know, the Steelers have given up a few more sacks. But uh, th- those are fairly even. Now let's go to the defense. Okay, for the defense, Carolina, they're 16th in the NFL when it comes to yardage. Uh, 343.5 yards per game, where the Steelers, they are 358.5 yards a game. They're 22nd. Uh, Carolina is 13th in points, 22.3. The Steelers are 14th in points, uh, points, 22.5. They are very close in how many points they each surrender per game. That's a very interesting to, to see that they're close in that aspect. When it comes to rush defense, that is the Panthers' weakness, their rush defense. They give up 128.8 yards per game. That's 24th in the NFL. The Steelers give up 115.8. That's 15th in the NFL. Yes, they dropped from 7th to 15th after last week. 
And then when it comes to pass defense, uh, the Panthers are, are a little bit stronger there. But remember, when you're losing games, especially if you're losing games by a good bit, which we'll talk about shortly, um, teams don't have to throw the ball against you as much. They would prefer to run it. Um, 214.7 yards, that's 15th in the NFL. And the Steelers' defense through the air is up to 24th at 242.7 yards per game. Um, they're very close in the number of sacks they've gotten. Carolina's gotten 28. Pittsburgh's gotten 25. Um, Carolina's forced four, has 14 takeaways. The Steelers have 17 takeaways. The Steelers have the same number of turnovers as takeaways for the season right now. So that's just some of the main numbers that I give you. Now, let's dive into some extra things. I got some extra things here I want to talk about. So I'm, I'm, I have a lot of stuff written out. So if you hear my paper flapping back and forth, that's because I have so much in terms of numbers to, to go, and I'm trying to keep it all straight. Let's hit an easy one now. Both of these teams are five and eight. Both of these teams are five and eight. That that So they have a very similar record. Carolina, they've gone through some quarterback issues. The Steelers have as well, but it's kind of their own. I mean, yeah, I mean, both of them are really their own decision. The big thing is, is Carolina had a change um, in coaching partway through the season. Um, the Steelers have not dealt with that. Um, some people think that they should have. Um, I don't. Uh, the Steelers are more of stability, stability. Um, and Carolina, they just want to do things like the Steelers. These, the, you know, the, the owner of the Panthers has ties to the Steelers. That's why these teams until this past year had met so many times in a row in the preseason. Um, but this just is what it is. So, uh, so, so here we go. Let's look at their records when it breaks down to home and away. Carolina. When you're looking at home and away, they are four and three at home. They have a winning record at home. Now, remember, they're the NFC, so they're going to have nine home games this year. So they've got two left. They currently are four and three, where the Steelers at home are two and four. So there's a little bit of difference there. But this isn't just about that because these two teams, they're not both home or they're not both away. Um, Carolina has two in a row left at home against the Steelers and the Lions. So they have two games in there. They could possibly, they could, that's two games. They could win them both. They could lose them both. They could split them. I could see it going either way. Um, and then they finish up with back-to-back road games that are division road games, but they are against teams they've already beat in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. They've already defeated both those teams, but they beat them at home. Now they got to go on the road at the end of the and end of the year. The Steelers, not the Steelers, sorry, the Panthers on the road, they're only one and five. Where the Steelers, they're three and four on the road. So they're the Steelers are looking to get to get to five hundred on the road. They've actually have more wins on the road than they do at home uh in twenty twenty two. So that's not a huge advantage one way or the other. We'll just have to see how that all plays out. But I, I just thought I'd look at some other stats and say, okay, how are these teams um, separated? So let's let, let's look at some things that could happen in this game to maybe give you an indication as to why these teams are where they are and what could help determine the out, outcome here. So, so here's one. Here we go. How about turnovers per game in the game? Are are they a, are you a plus? Are you a minus? Are you an even in the turnover margin? So are you are you getting more takeaways than turnovers? Carolina, when they are in the minus, meaning that they have turned the ball over more than they have takeaways. 
So more turnovers than takeaways. They are 0-5. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they are 0-6. So both of these teams, when they when they turn the ball over more than their opponent, they don't win. Okay, when they are even, meaning either neither team has any or they both have the same amount. The Panthers are one and two. They have a win, but they have two losses. And the Steelers are one and one. So that looks pretty similar as well. Um, and then if you realize it, you know, 0 and 5 versus 0 and 6, 1 and 2 versus 1 and 1. If you look at then in, in being on the plus side of the turnovers, meaning you're getting more takeaways and turnovers, both teams, 4 and 1 when they're on the plus side. Four and one. So if you look at it, the Panthers have the same number of games on the plus side as they do on the minus side. And that's a big difference in their season. They're four and one versus 0 and five. And the Steelers, the problem is that they've had is that they've had that extra game that they've had turned the ball over more. You know, you could think of this past week. And Steeler fans know this. You've seen how the Steelers played a clean brand of football for four straight games and won three of them. I mean, the, the only one in there was the loss to the Bengals. That's the only loss that the Steelers have when they were when they were plus on the turnovers. If I look at the Panthers, of where they were plus and when they lost, I'm trying to actually find it. Oh, it was that one. It was a game that they should have won. I still think the Panthers should, should be they shouldn't be five and eight. They should be six and seven because they had the Atlanta Falcons beat. They scored the touchdown at the very end of the game. All they had to do was kick the extra point. The player took his helmet off after he scored the touchdown to celebrate. Fifteen yard penalty missed the extra point, and they missed a game-winning field goal in overtime and then ended up giving up a game-winning field goal. That was to the Falcons. That's the only game. That's kind of an outlier because that was one of those games. They were there. They That was self-inflicted. So uh, it is what it is. So, so, that's, so they're very similar when it comes to the turnovers. Okay, so then I looked at point differential, all right? Not just overall, but by game, by game. So overall, Carolina has a much better point differential than the Steelers. Both of them are in the negative. Carolina is a negative 30, while Pittsburgh is a negative 66. But what I did was I went through by game at their wins and their losses. Okay, so here's Carolina's five wins. This this is their point differential. Plus 8, plus 18, plus 10, plus 13, plus 6. So in games they won, they were plus 55. Their closest win they had was six points, and that was their last one. That was last week, okay? When they lose, minus 2, minus 3, minus 10, minus 22, minus 14, minus 3, minus 21, minus 10. So that's a minus 85. Look at the Steelers' five wins. Plus 3, plus 2, plus 10, plus 7, plus 3. So the Steelers are only plus 25 in the games that they won. And you can look at that as being bad, but there's an alternative to that, which I'll get to shortly. But in their losses, the Steelers are minus 3, minus 12, minus 4, minus 35, minus 6, minus 22, minus 7, minus 2 for a minus 91. They're pretty close in 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 the minuses in their loss. So both teams have a game where they lost – or two games that they lost by more than 20 points. Okay. After that, the Steelers had a game they lost by twelve, and that was on a that was on that the, the the touchdown at the end of the Cleveland game when they were trying to to lateral and all that stuff. But still, it, it counted as a twelve point loss. Uh, the Panthers have a fourteen point loss. Then the Panthers have two ten point losses. Where the Steelers after that twelve, they drop all the way down to seven. 
So I looked at, okay, what about one-score games? It's, it's simple. The Steelers have just simply been in more of them. The Steelers are four and five in one-score games, four and five. The, uh, the Panthers are two and three. So both of them, one more win from being even in one-score games. But the Steelers have had nine versus five for the Panthers. So if this is a close game, the Steelers are actually have a little bit where they're more used to being in a one-score game. Um, but those are just some numbers that I want to look at to see how separate these teams were. But their they're, they're results in those games are very similar. Here's one that I thought would be interesting. I, I just did this just for fun. I've got two different – well, technically this one's broken in half. I've got two different other things that I, that I broke down to see how much of a difference is there between the Panthers and the Steelers. Where is there something that, 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 that you can look for as the game goes on? I went with third down conversions. The offense converting third downs, okay? The Steelers are 16th in the NFL with their third down conversions. They are at 40%. They are exactly 40%. Carolina is 30th at 28.7%. That's a big difference. That's a really big difference. Now, if you break this into their wins and losses, Carolina is 33.3% when they um, on third down in their winnings in their winning efforts, and they are twenty five point three percent in their losing efforts. So not a large variation whether they win or lose. But obviously, you know it's it's a it's it, it's a plus it's a plus four to a minus three and a half basically. Now the Steelers in their wins they jump up to forty five point two percent third down conversions in their wins, and they drop to, you know, 36.3 in their losses. But if you look at it, the Steelers have a better third down conversion in their losses than what the Panthers do in their wins, 36.3 to 33.3. Interesting. Now, then I thought, well, let's let's look at the at, at both ends of the spectrum. Um, what was Carolina's best third down conversion? Well, it was 46.2 last week, week 14, in their win over the Seahawks. And their lowest was 16.7%. And that happened to them twice. It happened to them in, in their loss in week two. And it also happened to them in their win in week 12 against the Broncos. Because remember, they, they played in week 12 against the, they played the Ravens, lost. That was a 3-3 game through most of the game. Um, then they played the Broncos and won an ugly game, went on by, and then came out and beat the, the, beat the Seahawks in Seattle but they're not the first team to do that. That's that's actually one of those things that have been happening a good bit this year. All right, so let's look at the Steelers. The Steelers' best third down conversion this this season, you know, not bad. 53.3%. That was in week two, but in a losing effort. So they're actually their best third down conversion was rate was in a losing effort. Um, their lowest was in week eight. Um, that was against the the Eagles, and that was an 8.3%. So the Steelers have a much bigger range there when it comes to their highest and their lowest. Now, the Panthers hit 40% twice this season. The Both of them were wins. The Steelers have hit 50% or more six times this year. They're three and three in those games, but they've hit 50% or more third down conversions. So I'm like, well, that that's something to look for. If you see Carolina converting a lot of third downs, that's bad for the Steelers because that's not something that they do a lot. If the Steelers aren't converting third downs, that's bad because that's something that the Steelers really, you know, are are are, are more established at being able to do that. Then I thought, well, let's look at the flip side. Let's look at 
Look at the defense, and they're giving up third down conversions. Carolina gives up 40.6. That's 22nd in the NFL. The Steelers give up 38.5. That's 13th in the NFL. Um, the Panthers have only given up 31.7% in their wins, where they give up 45.5% in their losses. Where the Steelers, they're, they give up, they've given up 32.8% in their wins and 41.9% in their losses. Um, the, they're, the best games with an, when it comes to holding their opponent on third down, um, for Carolina, they held their opponent to 16.7 in a win on week seven where the Steelers' best was at uh, 25%. They were both wins, and they were in Week 10 and Week 12. Uh, their worst that the Panthers have given up, they've given up a 60% third-down conversion. That was in Week 9. That was a loss. And the Steelers have given up a 58.3%. That was their loss in Week 8. That was the, the infamous Eagles. So that, that tells you a little bit. So, so the Steelers are better at converting third downs on offense and better at stopping third downs on defense. So third down is something to pay attention to. One other thing that I, I, that I wanted to, to, to hit before we finish up here. How do these teams go as how the game trends? Like, I would have loved to really broken down and say, well, did they score first? Did they whatever? I did it by quarters. I did it by quarters. As to what happens with, with the teams based on if they are winning, if they are losing, if they are tied at the end of a quarter. Well, let's go ahead and just look at the half. And the reason we're looking at these are almost the same. Um, when when the Panthers are leading at halftime this year, this year, they are five and two. All of their wins they have led at halftime. The Steelers are four and two. So they, they've led at halftime in all but one of their wins. Um, when it's even at the half, the Panthers are 0 and 1. When it's even at the half, the Steelers are 1 and 0. That was the, um, the, against the Saints. Um, when, they're, when they're down at the half, these teams look very the same. They're very similar, very much the same. When they're down at the half, the Panthers are 0 and 5, and the Steelers are 0 and 6. So seeing where they, these teams lie at halftime could be very telling. But when you look at the other two quarters, they kind of match up, but opposite of each other, meaning, meaning this, this. I'll give you the Panthers' first quarter and then the Steelers. And for the Carolina Panthers, if they're leading after the first quarter this year, they are 4-2. They've had the lead in six games. They've won four of them. They're 4-2. When they're even after the first quarter, they are 1-3. And when they are down at the end of the first quarter, they are 0-3. So the Panthers don't start down in the first quarter all that much. They've only started down three times this year. Not so with the Steelers. The Steelers, when if they lead after the first quarter, 5-0. Doesn't mean they didn't lose the lead. But they are 5-0 when they have the lead after the first quarter. Every win that they've had this year, they had the lead at the end of the first quarter. If they are even, the Steelers are 0-1, and if they are down, they are 0-7, So, So think about that. 13 games, over half of them, the Steelers have been down at the end of the third quarter, and they haven't won any of them. Um, so, so let's go the first quarter. Did I say third quarter? I meant first quarter. Now we're going third quarter. Okay, The Panthers, if they have the lead after the third quarter, they're 5-0. and If they're even... They are 0-3, and if they are down, they are 0-5. That looks very similar to the Steelers' first quarter numbers. So the Panthers don't come back and win games in the fourth quarter this year. The Steelers, that's a, they're different. 
They're three and one if they have the lead after the third quarter. The one loss was the Jets. They are when they were even after three quarters. They are one and zero. That was a game against the um, Saints, as we already said. And when they were down after three after three quarters, they are one and seven. Now, granted, they have seven losses there, but they did at least come back and have one win. That was uh, that was against the Colts. But to me, the Steelers are a team that. The score still might fluctuate, but pretty much after the first quarter, you have an idea how things are going to go. And with the Panthers, pretty much after the third quarter, you have an idea of how these things are going to go. So these are – they're two five and eight teams. There are two five and eight teams. This is who they are. This is why this is an intriguing matchup. These, these teams are probably where they should be. I still think Carolina should have one more win. But here's one major, major difference, major difference with these two teams right now. The Pittsburgh Steelers are eliminated from the AFC North. The Carolina Panthers are second in the NFC South and one game out of first place and currently hold the tiebreaker against that team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they already beat them. That's crazy. They are both of the same record, and one team is one game out of the division, one game away from being in, in the playoffs. So that's the biggest difference with these teams. So right now they have very different things that they're playing for. It's not that the Steelers are giving up and realize they can't make the play. No, they're, they're going out. They got to win this game. Everything they've, they've, they've made their bed. Now they have to lie in it. They've lost these games. They've lost eight games. This is where they are. This is where they've put themselves. So to say, oh, man, that would, other, we need other help. You know why? You put yourself in the scenario where you needed help. That's, that's what happened. To me, seeing that the Steelers couldn't pull off a game this past week where they – I mean, you look at so many things with that game. They should have won that game. They should have won that game. There were so many things that they did to lose – more than what the Ravens did to win. Yes, the Ravens ran it down their throat, but the Steelers threw interceptions. They had a field goal blocked. You know these kind of things, multiple things that happened that they, you know, they didn't force the Ravens to have to throw the ball with their third string quarterback. Things of that nature that the Steelers didn't do, and that's what set it up that way. So that's who they are. That's who they are. It doesn't mean that that they're not fun to watch. It doesn't mean that you can't look at this and say, where is this team improving? It doesn't mean that you can't kind of see what you can get excited about or see the players that are in the last year of their contract and say, wow, I think the Steelers are going to move on from them this year. These are the kind of things. I want to see things going forward that's, that's, that shows that the Steelers have something to build on the, to going into 2023 and things that they know they specifically have to improve upon to if they're going to make a significant jump next year. That's it. That's the numbers. That was a lot of stuff. I didn't know if I had enough and I had more than enough. So uh, kind of sorry that I got off for a little bit uh, from the numbers in the first half, but it's if, if you've listened to this show before, you know, let's just say this, you know, but make sure you're checking out all our shows. Um, last night was know your enemy. I'll be honest with you, I'm recording this right before they're going to be having their show because that way I want to catch their show. I'm hoping everything goes off as planned and that they have their special guest they were supposed to have. I'm excited about that one. You've got to go back and check that out to make sure. If you go back or if you've already listened, then you already know what I'm talking about. 
So you have that. Um, then you've got what Ian's talking about coming up at, um, later on today. Make sure you, you check that because you know how Steelers Twitter and Steelers social media goes up and down. That That's just how it is. Uh, and then also make sure that you don't miss uh, Brian, Jeff, and I on, on the preview later tonight. We're halfway through December. We've got about a month left of football, uh, of Pittsburgh Steelers football. And, yeah, you can watch the playoffs. And, yeah, it'll be nice to have football. But it's it's not the Steelers. It's not the same. Uh, I, I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss this. But I'm also looking forward to say I want this to be better. I want this to be better when, when the Steelers come back next year. So make sure you're also checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Plenty of stuff there. Thanks for joining me. And as I always say, thanks for being here. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.